0: let's give praise to God come on wherever you're at whatever location you're in God you're so good God you're so good God we love you God we love you we love you come on isn't it good to be in God's house this weekend Amen. Welcome to so many of you. I want to uh, just I want to share a couple of things here, uh, right out of, of the bat, and just uh, want to bring us up to speed on a couple of things. Uh, super cool vision component here at Next Level Church that I want to talk about for a second, and then uh, want to share an awesome opportunity that we have uh, as a church. So the first thing I want to talk about is is our Gateway location. What's up, Gateway? Come on, give it up, Gateway. Love you guys. Okay, so uh, uh, church, I want to tell all of you, because our gateway location, you guys know this, uh, but um, uh, church, I want to share something with you corporately uh, about our east location I'm so excited about. And that is over the summer months. Uh, Sarah and I took a six-week sabbatical uh, over over the month of July, basically. And uh, and man, oh man, did God just give a fresh download, a fresh vision for the next fifteen and years and beyond for our church. And one of the the prayer focuses that I had early on, or uh, in our sabbatical, was around our gateway location, and that God would just move that that location's four and a half years old, and just God, how do you want to use that location? And so, literally, it was like the third or fourth night of our sabbatical. And I were in Lansing, Michigan, of all places, and uh, and God woke me up at three a.m. And I went down into the lobby of this Hyatt Place hotel that we were in, and I sat there and just in my journal, just I felt like the Lord just downloaded this incredible revelation. And and one of the things the Lord spoke to me about that night so vividly and clearly, specifically, was our gateway location. And he, one of the things he said was Matt calling it the gateway location is too small because gateways just A bunch of communities. It's just Gateway Boulevard. It's just one road. I need you to see that location bigger. And I'm like, okay. And so then here's what the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Matt, starting in the new year of 2019, I want you to rename the Gateway location our East location. Come on, you guys. So here's what happened. I was, I was, as I was journaling, I like When I shut my eyes, I saw everything East of I-75, And it lit up in like bright blue color. And, and all of a sudden the Lord said, You've been seeing the gateway location too small, that it's not just about gateway, it's not just about the community of gateway, it is about the, the people of our gateway location owning the vision and the burden, the evangelistic burden for all of east of I 75. And I literally saw the map of Southwest Florida and I 75 down the middle, and everything east of it went turned blue from north to Babcock Ranch. Come on, somebody. To LaBelle, to Lehi, all the way south to Immaculate. And the Lord spoke to me and said, In the next 10 years or so, I'm gonna allow the East location to launch four new locations of Next Level Church east of I 75. That the east is going to rise up, and God's going to use that location. So church, I just want you to know, first thing, that you're going to start hearing us refer not just to the gateway location, because that's going to start to go away, that old moniker. And instead, we're going to start to refer to that thing as our east location. Come on, everybody. I'm so excited. The east is rising, and God is going to bring forth new locations and new vision and new opportunity, east location. We're going to start remodeling that location in just the next few weeks, so get ready. You're going to start to see a new look, some new paint schemes, some new awesome happening out east. Everybody say east. Man, I'm so excited about that. Okay, so second thing I need you to know about is one of our global partners, Compassion International, that we have partnered with for a long, long time, uh, several years ago came to us with an opportunity for us to sponsor a a village where we could uh, start a, a, a mom survival program, and basically for new moms, expectant moms, and then small children in a village called Chalamarca, Peru. Everyone say Chalamarca. Awesome. Chalamarca, Peru, up in the northern mountains of Peru, God showed us this village and gave us this opportunity to partner with this incredible church And so we started partnering with them three, four, maybe as much as five years ago. And each year, we as a church are partnering with this church. Well, two years ago, Sarah and I had an opportunity to lead a number of you, a number of kingdom builders here in our church, all the way up into the mountains of Peru. And we got to see firsthand the work that God was doing through this incredible pastor, this incredible church. And what we saw there was not just our mothers and babies program that we had been sponsoring, but we saw over 500 children in their monthly compassion international child program sponsorship program and we were able to be there i was able to preach on a sunday it was incredible and it was one of those like god knit our hearts to that church in chalamarca the guy the pastor is a leadership guy i sent him five john maxwell leadership books in spanish and he got him sent me a thank you letter i mean we just feel connected to this church in chalamarca peru uh, and so, actually, I have a picture, I think, of me uh, with, meeting, with Sarah and I meeting our, uh, one of our Compassion kids that we sponsor. So, many of you know and understand how the Compassion program works. So, here's what we told them. We basically told Compassion International, listen, every year as this pastor gets new, a new opportunity for child sponsorship, we want first dibs. That we feel connected to this village, to this local church. And so, church, listen, they have, give, they have sent to our church. 120 packets and at all three of our locations this weekend we have a limited number only 120 of these packets and we've last year a year and a half ago we sponsored 86 this year that pastor and that church received 120 come on how awesome is that so here's the deal it's 38 dollars a month goes straight to compassion all the information's at all of our tables in our foyers at all of our locations listen would you just go swing by grab one of those packets and just ask just real quick just say lord would you want me in my house to be a part of this? And I'm telling you, it's Sarah and I. We have five, six with your mom, uh, six kids, compassion kids that we sponsor every single one. No, no, we don't sponsor my, her mom. Her mom sponsors one. Come on. Unbelievable. Allison, I love you. I don't understand what's so funny. Anyway, we, <laughs> Sarah, just for the record, Sarah's mom is not a compassion kid. Okay, it's just, it's real. It just needs to be said. Clarity is king, let's be honest. Okay, so, so we just feel so connected. How great would it be, come on everybody, to see 120 kids get monthly sponsorship this weekend in this house at Next Level Church. Would that be awesome? Let's thank God for that, come on. Well, this is uh, part two of our Deep Water series. Everyone say Deep Water. And throughout the weeks of this series, we're talking about personal finances and how you and I specifically honor God with our money. And last week we talked about how God calls us into deeper trust in him by calling us out into deep water in our finances. And if you missed part one, man, please make sure that you go onto our website or onto our Next Level Church app on your, your smartphone this week. Get caught up with part one because we're taking ourselves, God's taking us on a journey over these weeks of this deep water series. And we talked about last week how, how finances aren't neutral. That they're actually spiritual and they're very spiritual and they're actually supernatural. In fact, we talked last week about how honoring God with our finances invites the supernatural power and presence of God over our lives like nothing else can. Well, this week, the title of my message is Set the Clock to the Right Time. (laughs) Say it with me, come on. Set the Clock to the right time. Now, here's the deal. The Lord actually downloaded this message to me in July. I wrote the lion's share of this message in July for this series while I was on sabbatical, and I had no idea it was Time Chain Sunday. What's up? If that's not God. Set the clock to the right time. That's The title. Okay, so we have this clock in our kitchen. And Allison, my aforementioned mother-in-law, who (laughs) lives with us, and I have kind of a love-hate relationship with this clock. We love it because it's really cool. It looks really good in our kitchen. It's really big, so the whole living room can kind of look and just see at any given moment what the time is. Okay, that's the love part of our relationship with this clock. The hate part of our relationship with this clock is over the last six months or so, no joke, this dumb clock has been losing time. And so, so, it, so I'll get up there because I'm tall. And I'll get up there and I'll knock it down and catch it and switch out the little AA battery. So in the last six months, no joke, I have probably switched out that AA battery five times. Maybe, maybe it's probably more like eight, but I don't want to exaggerate. Like for real, like I hate this clock. And I, every time I'm up there messing with this clock and switch, cause it's losing time. Every single time I look at Allison and I say the same thing. I'm like, I am going to throw, if this happens one more time, I'm going to throw this clock in the lake out behind our house. There's, we have a pond out there, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to throw it in the pond. Like, I'm, We're feeding this clock to the alligators because I'm tired. I don't want a clock in my house that has the wrong time. And here's the reason why. Here's the principle I want to circle around for the next couple of minutes. Nothing will be right if the clock is wrong. Nothing will be right if the clock is wrong. Think about it. Because if, uh, if the clock in our life that we set and run our life to is set to the wrong time, if it's set to the wrong thing, then we're going to be late. We're going we're to we're be behind. We're going to be off. Nothing in our world is going to be right. I would argue the most powerful man in the world, or woman, is the person who works at Apple and sets the time. <laughs> now, tonight, when the time thing changes over, tomorrow morning, if you wake up, this is, I'm recording this on Saturday night, Sunday morning, you wake up, you look at your clock, somebody, somewhere, at some point, push the button. <laughs> now that power. No, like, think of how many clocks in our world are set off of... And if you're a Samsung person, oh, well, that's your own fault. <laughs> Just can't, Oh, for heaven's sakes. You thought my mother-in-law was a compassion child like eight minutes ago. It's not on me. Here's the point. The point, everybody, is... That when our clock is set to the wrong time, nothing in our life will be right. And when it comes to our finances, it's cool because Jesus in the Gospels actually had a lot to say about this. He had something very specific, and I want you to see this. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, look at these verses. Verse 29, it says this. Jesus is teaching a group of people just like you and I. And as he's teaching them, he, he starts to move into this money and possession, this personal finance conversation. And he says, and do not, look, there it is, set your heart... Set your clock. Set the dial, the compass of your life. Do not set your heart on what you eat or, or drink, on stuff, on food. Do not, do not worry about it. And here's why. Jesus says, because the pagan world, the, the unbelieving world, the people who don't know me, well, they, they do that. They run after all of those, those things. And, and they're, they're, they're always setting their clock to the wrong thing, to the wrong time. They're, they're, they're aligning their heart. Setting their heart with the wrong time, with the wrong stuff, with the wrong priorities, with the the possessions and the money and the stuff and the things. And and, and it doesn't work for them. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father, but here's what he wants us to know. Your father, our heavenly father, he actually knows what we need. And then he tells us in verse 31, seek his kingdom then first. Seek seek first his kingdom And, and all of this stuff. This other stuff, it'll be given to you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So Jesus, he steps right into this money and possessions, this personal finance conversation, and he's basically saying to those listening and saying to us this weekend who are listening that the world we live in runs on and runs after stuff and possessions. In other words, they have set their clocks to something different than God's time. And their clocks are set on the wrong time. They're set on the wrong things. They're motivated. They run on the wrong set of values and priorities and and focuses. And he's basically saying that that God wants his children, us, you and I, to to not set our clocks the way the world does, but to set our clocks on him. So the question that was this weekend that we have to circle around for the next couple of minutes is, have we set our clocks? clock, our heart on stuff and things and possessions and money, or have we set our heart, set our clock to God? Because the minute we set our hearts on money and possessions, or it's like setting a watch, it's like setting a clock to the wrong time, and, and, and it's, it's always going to lead us to move and function based on that time, not on God's time, not on, not on God's watch, not on God's clock. So what have we set our clock to? Look at verse 30 again. I love this. He says, for the pagan world runs after all such things. But then he gives us this incredible promise. Look at the promise. Your father knows that you need him. Jesus is saying, listen, when it comes to money and possessions, our personal finances, it really is all about trust. It's all about us trusting God. And so I want to share a few big ideas from from this verse. Maybe you want to take some notes uh, this weekend. Here's the first big idea, and it's this. Our Father knows what we need. Our Father knows what we need when it comes to money and possessions, when it comes to, to, to personal finance in our life. Our Father knows what we need and... Our Father knows when our heart has an unhealthy need for those things. See, our Father knows what we need in our life, but he also knows when you and I start to, our clock starts to lose time a little bit. Our clock starts to drift toward an unhealthy need for something. And God will do a work in us and around us to make sure that our need for things doesn't trump our need for him. Because, see, God's ultimate aim is that you and I need Him above everything else. Not just need stuff. Ever had an unhealthy obsession for something? Ever had that kick in? Come on, maybe you're thinking about it right now, and there's something that you think you've needed or that you've wanted. Maybe it's the newest and latest upgraded iPhone. hmm there are no amens because you offended all the Samsung people, brother. I know. That's a chance I'm willing to take. Right? You see a commercial for something, and you're like, oh, son, I need that. I need that. I remember when I was a little kid, my buddy and I, we had a Nintendo NES. Remember the Nintendos, anybody? Come on. And I remember he and I, one Christmas, we wanted Tecmo Bowl, the football game. Oh, We could close service right now. (laughs) Just thinking about the greatness of Tecmo Bowl. It was awesome. And so, like, I remember my buddy and I, like, the all-Christmas season, we were like, man, I I hope we get it. I hope we, I read, like, as soon as we opened presents, we literally called each other on a landline because that's all we had back then. We were like, did you get it? Yeah, I got it. And we couldn't wait to get together to play Tecmo Bowl together. Like, it it was an unhealthy obsession. And we've all had those, haven't we? We just get our mind fixated on something we just set our clock to. It. We're just like, I just, I just can't sleep. I can't think. I got to have that. But see, God doesn't want us to need anything as much as we need him. Because remember, church, God isn't after our money. He's after our heart. And he'll use our money. He'll use our stuff to test our hearts. So the, the first big idea I want us to talk about this weekend is that God knows what we need. Here's number two. The second big idea is that many of us have a faulty belief about ourselves. And this is what I'm so passionate about uh, as a pastor, as a, as a voice of influence in your life this week. And I hope that we can get this because so many of us have a faulty belief about ourselves when it comes to money. It's, it's called a poverty or a scarcity mindset. And the end result of this kind of belief is a striving for stuff and money to prove that we're not poor. To prove something, to prove to our world, to prove to our parents, to prove to our neighbors, to prove to others that we are something. See, the scarcity, this poverty mindset says, says i got to prove something. But the problem is, If if, if we're living by this poverty, scarcity mindset, then we're constantly pouring money and stuff and things at a spiritual hole in our heart. And that means there's never going to be enough. Because natural things can never fill a spiritual void. See, a, a, a poverty mindset, a scarcity mindset lives by if we, then we statements. If we then we statements. Let me give you a few of these. Here's what I mean by that. Some of us have this belief, and some of us, maybe, we, maybe probably many of us, we don't even realize we do. But we have this belief that this, if we had more zeros in our paycheck, then we'd. If we drove this kind of car, then we'd be whatever. If we lived in that neighborhood, well, then we'd. If we, if we vacationed like that, then we'd, if, if we wore this brand, well, well then, then we'd be this. Well, if, we, if, if our kids went to this college or got into this school, well, then that would mean then we'd be this. If, if our retirement account had this amount in it, then we'd. See, see, the, see what the mindset that says that? And see, that's an insecurity type of mindset. But then when you flip insecurity over, you find pride. And so, so some of us, it's not if we, then we. It's since we, then we. That's the pride version of the statement. Well, since we make X, then we must be something. Well, well, since we drive this kind of car, since we live in this neighborhood, since we vacation like this, then we must be whatever. Since we wear this brand or carry this kind of purse or man bag, what up? Since we this... Well, then we, since our retirement account has this amount of zeros, then we must be. See the see the deception in that? Do you see the insecurity on one side? The pride on the other? So come on, what about us? See, God doesn't want our identity to be in, in what we wear or what we have or how much we make or what we don't wear or what we don't have or what we don't make. No, no, no. God wants our identity to be in Him, church. So see, God knows what... We need, and, and God wants us to, to start to debunk this belief. He wants us to dig into our hearts this weekend and go, man, what do, what do I believe about what I believe about money and things? Because if we've got a faulty belief system, if our identity is caught up in any of that, then we're completely missing the point. God has so much more for his children in this. Here's a third big idea I want to share with you. is Our job is to seek him first. Our job is to seek God's kingdom first. Did you catch it in, in in the verses that Jesus says? Listen, don't don't set your clock the way the world sets their clock. Don't go chasing after stuff and possessions because it's it's just it's never gonna you're never gonna you're always gonna be late. Like it's never gonna be enough. Like you're going you're pouring something into a spiritual something physical and material into a phys, a spiritual hole that you're never gonna be able to fill. It's just not gonna work. But instead, verse thirty one, Jesus says, "No, no, no." Seek God's kingdom. Seek his kingdom first. And then these things, you know what? When you get your clock set to the right time, well, all that other stuff will take care of itself as well. Now it's, now it's not a big deal. When, when our identity is where it's supposed to be, which is that we're a child of God, period. That we're a son of our Heavenly Father. We're a daughter of our Heavenly Father. When our, when our identity is in the right place, then Jesus goes, then all that other stuff that you need, that your Father knows you need, He's got you. But see, when, when our identity is in what we wear, or what we drive, or where we go, or how many zeros are in our paycheck, listen, none of that fills us up. But when our identity is in our Heavenly Father, now everything changes in terms of finances. Now everything changes because now our perspective changes because sure, I have stuff, but who cares? I don't care. I don't, I don't hold my stuff tightly forever. For in our marriage, Sarah and I have always taken an approach to hold nothing tightly because the minute you hold something tightly, that's where you're going to get into trouble in your heart. Just hold it all loosely. For me, listen, I, this was me. I used to think that stuff made me somebody. I used to think that if I could buy that brand of shirt, that somehow, some way, that made me someone. I remember there's one particular brand of shirt because you guys know I love shirts, right? <laughs> Loudest amen of the weekend, unbelievable. <laughs> so it's probably true. So I, I, I remember used, and so I remember Sarah and I took a cruise well, one year, this is several years ago, and like I remember they had the little gift shop on the ship, which is like there's there's like on sale, normal price, retail price, cruise ship price, right? <laughs> I remember in the one little gift shop on the cruise ship, like they had like this brand of shirt and all week long, like I coveted it. I'm like, oh, if I could just buy that shirt. And I did and I paid cruise ship retail for it. And guess what? I was no happier. I was no more settled. I was no more awesome. Can I get an amen? Yeah. See, see, listen. St- st- God doesn't want stuff to define our identity. God doesn't want stuff to define who we are. God just wants our identity to be in him. And then, yeah, 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 stuff. Do I like shirts? Yes. Do I like shirts on sale? Oh, yes. I never met a sale rack I didn't like. That's the key to good fashion, by the way. You save it up. You save it up in your budget. You save up all of those closed dollars. And then when you get the little flyer in the mail that says 40% off everything in the store, you run Like a sinner to the altar. (laughs) And you shop. That's how you do it. Do I like shoes? Sure. But I don't care. I hold it loosely. Do we have stuff? Do I like stuff? Sure. But not more than I like being a part of God's kingdom. That's what matters most. That's what God's after. God wants us to keep it all in the right perspective. And that's a good test for us, isn't it? Do I love anything More than I love God's kingdom and what my heavenly father is doing on the earth today. Man, write that down. Do I love anything in my life more than I love what God's doing on the earth today? Because Jesus told us, seek first the kingdom of God. Run after me first. Find your identity in me first. Prioritize me first financially. And then I will take care of the, right, uh, of the rest of it. Here's what I love. Number four, when we get this right, it pleases God. I love that Jesus says, listen, seek first the kingdom of God. And then he goes on in verse 32. And he says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Church, listen, there is a kingdom that God wants to give us. But it's not a kingdom like the world defines kingdoms. Our world defines kingdoms with zeros and dollar signs. Our world defines kingdoms with with name brands and, and labels. Our world defines kingdoms with with property deeds and stock symbols. And again, listen, there's nothing wrong with all of that. But but God has a kingdom that's far greater than that. And God's kingdom is is defined by a return on investment that goes way beyond stock returns and property deeds and and paychecks and, and payouts. No, no, listen, God's kingdom is defined in souls of people's lives being impact. That's the greatest return on investment you and I can ever be a part of. It's a kingdom return on investment measured, not in percentage points and dollar signs, measured in souls. So many of you know that John Maxwell has been a, a, an influence in my life and a spiritual mentor, spiritual father. Uh, Figure in my life for a long long time and I had the opportunity in March to travel with John to Costa Rica Where we were launching a program called transformation and the whole reason John does this is to uh, Is to evangelize in in, and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ God's love to the nations of the world Well, they launched this in Guatemala about three years ago with John's ministry arm called equip and we as a church support equip out of kingdom builders So every single year, we support John and Equip and all that they're doing to reach people uh, in different nations of the world. So about three weeks ago, I got a text from John, and they sent me, one of his team members sent me a picture. And I want to show you this picture. This is a picture in Guatemala. And John, that's John with his translator on a stage in a gigantic auditorium. And the entire police force of the nation of Guatemala was in the room. And John preached the gospel to them. And this is a picture of John leading over 1,000 uh, police officers to Christ in one night. Come on. Give God praise. That's awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. Church, listen. You're a part of that. So there's this moment where, where I texted John after I got that picture and I just said, man, I just want you to know I'm so thankful for you and thankful for how you're using your, your, your platform, your, your notoriety, your fame, your influence, your teaching to, to influence people for Christ. And I just love being a part of that. And John texted me back and you know what he said? One sentence, he said, thanks for loving what I love. Thanks for loving what I love. And church, listen, I believe that's what our heavenly father would say and wants to say to all of us as well. There's nothing wrong with stuff and brands and whatever, houses and cars. Sure, sure. But God wants us to love what he loves. And what God loves most are people. What God loves most are souls. What God loves most are his sons and daughters who are lost, who are, who are searching, who are hurting, who are broken, who are discouraged, who are depressed, who, who have no hope in this world. And God's going, church, I'm looking for some sons and daughters, some of you, a church that will, get, get, and will fall in love with what I'm in love with. Thanks for loving what I love. See, number five, God wants us more concerned about storing up treasures in heaven than stuff here on earth. God wants us to be more concerned about storing up treasures in heaven. You know this life isn't all there is, right? God wants us to store up treasure in heaven more than just stuff on earth. There's nothing wrong with stuff. It just can't compare to the reward of heaven. Jesus said in verse 33, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. Come on, I love that. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail. Think of that. You and I, how cool is God that he gives you and I the opportunity to earn money, currency, and then trade that in for eternal harvest and reward and return in terms of souls. Like, God could do it all himself, but he doesn't. He chooses to let you and I be in on it by the way we prioritize and manage and handle our finances. And then Jesus concludes this whole idea by saying this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, Jesus understood that at the end of the day, God wants our heart, not our stuff. And church, my heart is a pastor this weekend. Please hear this. If you're new to our church, I want you to know I preach about every topic this passionately. But I'm so passionate, I'm so burdened. As we were praying before the service began today, I just I, I was I was so burdened. Because there's so much at stake. When I think about launching locations across Southwest Florida, when I think about the opportunity we have at our Fort Myers location to, to purchase 10 acres of land by the end of the year, like when I think about the opportunity at the Dream Center in downtown Fort Myers, when I think about, when I think about the, the compassion kids, and I think about our equip and a thousand police officers getting saved in one night. Like I go, God, would you just I was so burdened in prayer a few minutes ago. God would I just I want our people to get this. Because God's designed us as, hu- as humans that where our treasure is, that's where our heart is going to be. Our heart's going to follow. And that's why it's so important for us, church, to put God first financially, to give above and beyond to kingdom builders. That's, that's why, that's why to, it's so important for us to live a generous life. Do you know we've been given so much, right? We live in one of the richest areas in, one, in the richest country on the face of the planet, We've been given so much. We've been given so much. So what's our, what's, our, what, what's our clock set to? Is it set to God's heart? Or is it set to the, to the world's definition of financial success? So when you came into your service today, you were, there was a, a card on your chair. It looks like this. Would you take it out? Come on, every every location, grab that card, take it out, take it out. This is once a year at least. We do this uh, as an opportunity for us to 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 up and then to re up in terms of our commitment to what God's doing. So this is called our 90-day tithe challenge, and you can see a verse there on the front, Malachi chapter three, that says we're to bring the whole tithe, the first 10% of all of our increase, so of our paycheck, of our of bonuses we receive, of sale of, of goods, of sale of properties, of, of any of that. All of our increase, God says, I want you to bring the first 10% into the storehouse. In other words, where you're fed spiritually, which is a local church, that there may be food in my house. In other words, that the mission that I'm trying to accomplish in terms of, of reaching people for Christ might be fully funded, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. This is one of the only times in all of the Bible that God actually tells us, put me to the test, like watch, see if I won't show up. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And then on the back of this, it says, I'm choosing today to trust God in my finances. I believe what his word says about tithing, and I'm putting him to the test. This is my next step in my walk with Christ. And then there's two little little commitment lines there. The first is I commit to begin tithing on a regular basis to Next Level Church. This is your storehouse. And then the second one is this. This is the one Sarah and I mark. And this is the one hundreds of you will mark too. I commit to continue tithing. The first 10% of all of our increase. Listen, are we honoring God with the first? So here's what I want us to do. This is an all skate. This is an all participate this weekend. Take this card out. And listen, I know there are hundreds of families, hundreds of people in Next Level Church, and you get this principle, and you honor God every week in and week out, month in and month out, uh, quarter in and quarter out. You honor God with the first 10% of all your increase. And God says, I want it to go to my storehouse. Well, if that's you, mark that second line. I commit to continue. But here's what I know. I know that our church has grown, and there's, there are several hundred new families who have come into Next Level, and this is new truth for you. And maybe that's you. You're not honoring God with the first 10% of all your increase this weekend. Listen, mark that top line. Come on church, what what could God do with a church that's committed to putting God first? And then we have the 90-day tithe challenge. You can see a website there at the bottom corner, slash challenge And listen, we just it's it, it's we started doing this several years ago, probably almost 10 years ago that listen, we just believe that that God's word is true. And if, if we'll honor God with the first 10%, if within 90 days you can't clearly see the hand of God's blessing on your life in multiple ways, come in and sit down with one of our pastors and we'll give you your money back. Money back guarantee. Here's the reason why. Because we just believe that God's word is true. Now, this is not a give to get thing. But this is a give to trust thing. We get to trust God because some of us right now, you're going, yeah, but Matt, you don't understand. Like I got hundred percent of bills. Like, like if I give God the first 10%, then like, listen, God can do with 90, what we can't do with a hundred. He's our financial partner, you guys, but it's a matter of trust. So a, a challenge on that side of things, a second challenge I would make then is concerning kingdom builders, giving above and beyond. That above and beyond, because some of us, for so many of us, were like, yeah, yeah, I get the tithe, I get the tithe. What's my next step? Your next step is to continue tithing, putting God first, 10 first 10%. But then it starts, it's just to ask your Heavenly Father, God, what do you want me to do to be a part of stuff like Equip? What do you want me to do to be a part of a child survival program uh, in Chalamarca? What do you want me to do to give above and beyond? benevolence across our city, across our community, gift cards. What what do you want me to do, God, that kingdom builders, to to be able to purchase the land at Fort Myers, to be able to build out our our Fort Myers Dream Center, to be able to to expand and launch campuses in Cape Coral next fall, and and on and on and on of the opportunities to reach souls, to do what God's calling us to do as a church. God, what do you want me and my house to do to be a part of that? And then a final little challenge that I felt clear back in July to, to say this weekend to us. I believe there are many of us, you need to automate your giving. Here at Next Level, we, we, on our website, we have the ability. You can go in and set up an account because we automate what's important, don't we? Like your house payment is probably automated. You have it on auto draft, right? Or, or your car payment or whatever it is. All of the important things in our life, we automate. And so like for Sarah and I, that's us. Like, we don't write a check every week. No, no, no. We just automate so that the first thing, the first 10%, bam. And then kingdom builders, every month we make a monthly commitment and God, bam, we want that to come out first. So some of you, that's your next step. Go to our next steps area at all of our locations this week. If you have questions about automating your giving, I just felt strongly in my spirit that I was supposed to challenge some of you. Listen, this ain't willy-nilly. Okay, this ain't willy-nilly. This is kingdom stuff. And if we can get this right, as God's people, as his children, then then the the impact that that God can make through a church like ours, literally, you guys, is hundreds of thousands of people being impacted. So come on, what's your next step? To tithe, continue to tithe, give above and beyond generously to kingdom builders, automate, let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you that you care about stuff like money. And thank you, God, that you give us an opportunity as your sons and daughters to trust you, God, that you give us the ability to earn increase, to make money, to acquire wealth, to have good ideas, to sell stuff, to produce stuff, to use our own energy to create money and to thank God, that we through a local church like this, we can can further your kingdom on the earth. God, what a joy, what a privilege that is. So now, Lord, I pray you give us faith and courage to step out, to trust you like never before, to start putting you first in the first 10% with a tithe, to give above and beyond, to automate what's important. God, we step out. We obey you in Jesus' name. And everybody at every location who agreed said, amen.